Welcome to Love Narratives, a podcast where on-screen relationships meet real-life love stories. I'm your host, Michelle Zylar. I'm a love coach, and I help people navigate dating so that they can create conscious relationships full of passion, healthy boundaries, and so much more. If you're someone who's ever thought about spending your whole life or the rest of your life with the same person, then I'm sure you know that that life will come to an end. All of ours do. In part one of this interview, we're going to talk about the Kaminsky Method and how to have those conversations about the end of life. The Love Narratives podcast is all about what we see, hear, and say to ourselves and each other about love. We'll discuss love stories both on and off screen and explore whether the narratives we witness impact what we do with our own hearts and how we write our own love stories. These guests were all super generous and vulnerable with their own stories. So you won't just be getting movie or TV reviews here, but you'll also be getting real lived experiences from real people at the same time. And maybe by the end, We'll get to see how, or if, what we watch affects us in our real relationships. But let's be honest, we all know it does. Today we are welcoming our guest, Valerie J. Lyons. Valerie is a passionate career coach, a women empowerment facilitator, a power networker, and author of Power Networking from the Inside Out where your career and your well-being meet. So Valerie has over 15 years of experience positively impacting and teaching others how to be the leaders of their personal and professional lives. She is a dynamic speaker and expert group facilitator who works with individuals and groups to provide them with practical and systemic approaches to actualize their life goals. So the platform that guides her life and her work is called Creating Your Joy-Driven Life. So Valerie is a licensed mental health counselor, a certified personal professional coach, excuse me, professional coach, and uh, certified rehabilitation. <laughs> I have all these accomplished guests. All of their accomplishments <laughs> tend to trip me up sometimes. So she is a mental health counselor, a certified professional coach and a certified rehabilitation counselor. Now, there are also many other accomplishments that personally I'm aware of in Valerie's life that don't fit in this short bio, Um, but we just want to welcome Valerie so much. And Val, I'm going to pass the mic to you. Thank you for being here. Is there anything else you want to share with listeners about yourself uh, before we dive into the episode? Yeah, just something briefly. And thank you so much, Michelle, for having me as a guest. I'm really looking forward to this experience. I wanted to just mention that I also, um, in my coaching, my target audience are women in the 50 plus age range. And I find myself lovingly and powerfully moving into the elder care space. I'm very, very excited about that. Mm, Yes, I know. I'm excited to attend your workshop about elder care. It's later this week. This episode is definitely going to come probably months after that workshop. Um, Mm. But I'm sure at that point, there will be a lot more you know, resources where you can find Valerie in that space. Yes. Yes. Awesome. So, uh, Valerie, uh, today we're talking about the Kaminsky method. Yeah. Right. 
Yes. Uh, so that's that's the show we're going to talk about. I know. I think they've had three seasons. Is that right? Yes, they did. They, they, yeah. they're, and they're finished. That's it. They're finished, right? Mm-hmm. They they said three, and that's it. So, yeah. um, you know, I think we went a little bit back and forth about whether to actually speak about this show. So, I'd love to to know for you, you know, what drew you to the show, and then what had you hesitate a little bit? Like, what do you love about the show, and maybe yes. what made you? Yeah. Yes. Well, what what drew me to the show was frankly, I. I I don't often laugh out loud when watching a movie, you know, or a TV show. And I laughed out loud. Those first two seasons of the Kaminsky Method, I thought were hysterical. So that 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 really attracted me. I believe in laughter and and and, and it just is such a medicine. And it was just so funny. It's so cool. And I also loved the chemistry between uh, Michael Douglas and Alan Alan Arkin really some some real there was like love there was tension but it was great chemistry and um what also drew me to the show were you know just observing you know them living their lives powerfully you know older gentlemen you know living their lives powerfully doing the things that they love best um michael douglas still dreaming to be an actor he was a teacher teaching students and acting, but that he still held on to that dream of being an actor, which was fulfilled at the end of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the love that he had for um, Alan um, Ark, for his character, um, that I really, they were like brothers. And um, I just, the whole concept of family and family love and connection really resonates with me. So that's what attracted me to the, to the story. And even there in you know, having you know, romantic relationships you know, as older gentlemen, and of course the beautiful Jane Seymour, who was introduced, which I always give props, you know, to older actors being given a platform. Um, so those are some of the things that attracted attracted me to the show. Yeah, absolutely. You know, now that you bring up, they were like brothers, right? Um, yes. <laughs> Sandy and Norman, right? That's yes. that were, those yes. were their Sandy characters. And yep. <laughs> and um, interesting. I didn't. I hadn't really thought about it before you said that, but um, Mindy as well is like they, she has a little bit of a tumultuous relationship with her father, yes, um, but yes. they are close. You know, like their yes. whole lives are built together. They run this business together, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, Michelle, when you when you you know introduced this idea of being on your podcast and w- wanted me to take a look at like shows that kind of reflected my, you know, relationship, you know, with, with my partner. Um, I thought about the Kaminsky uh, method mainly because of the things that I just shared, but frankly, the thing that I then took a second look at, I'm like, where are the shows that really depict, you know, women and women, you know, 50, 50 plus, I'm 60 in relationships you know, romantic, mm-hmm. juicy relationships. Where are those shows? And I and that's kind of had me, you know, uh, think twice about talking about the Kaminsky method. We had that conversation, and that was the thing that had me kind of like almost like angry. Like I gotta fit my my life into <laughs> a show that features two white men and a beautiful white woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I love the show, but it really saddened me that I really don't see a lot of shows um, that really 
uh, uh, depict the lives of people of color, particularly as we age in relationships, having fun, you know, having juicy relationships, being adventurous. That's who I am. <clears throat> that's who I am. And mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't, I don't see that. And that was, you know, some, that was one of the concerns that I had. Yeah. It gave you pause, right? Like, cause it's, even though you mentioned, you know, Jane Seymour and that they're like, yeah, first of all, they are white women. And also even their roles are pretty minuscule, right? Like they're side characters. Yes. And uh, nothing, nothing in the last season, <laughs> Jane Seymour, it appears as if Jane Seymour might not, might, might have had some kind of uh, mental health issue, which I don't have a problem with that. But it's just, again, you know, the fact that this, you know, there was, quote unquote, there was some issue that this woman, you know, um, was dealing with. Um, I just thought that was kind of interesting, too. Um, anyway, I, I, the show in and of itself, I, I, I like. However, it was the issue around um, really not seeing myself reflected in a show that concerned yeah. me. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. Well, I appreciate you still being willing to talk about it, even sure. though you don't see yourself, right? Because, you know, on the podcast, I definitely just, I wanted to have it be natural in terms of what television and movies you're drawn to, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's perfect that you notice like, okay, I'm drawn to this because of the humor and the aspect of what it's like to be aging, but you know, it's like not completely aligned with who I am. Like I don't see myself, right? That's kind of what I got from you. Um, And I think it's great to talk about that, you know? Um, And what, you know, what might've been missing for you in, in the show? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, it and may and and not necessarily in the show as much as just uh, the the options available to us, you know, yeah, in the world. <laughs> in the world, right? Yeah. Uh, and yet, you know, I can't appreciate, as I said, the aspects of the show that resonated with me. You know, the the idea of laughter in my relationship with my partner. It really is about the joy and the laughter that I found find extremely nurturing. So mm-hmm. that again, you know, that that's a, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. The idea that you know life doesn't stop after sixty, you know, mm-hmm. that you can still live a, a fruitful life and a, a fun life, um, doing the things that you love is something that resonates with me deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do, I can appreciate looking at those aspects of the show and, and why I was so connected to it in that way. And still a yearning to see um, sh- other uh, shows and other options where I can identify with characters in a, in a, in a more um, personal way around my relationship per se. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, you know, I, I definitely can't name a show that has that sort of levity about aging and dating and all of that, that features pe- people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that you didn't have an easy time with that either. You started talking about doing research and I'm like, I no, know. it's not that kind of podcast. We're not, I'm not I gonna know. send you to go do research, right? Yeah, I was like, um, then, I, then I got an attitude about that. I'm like, why do I have to do research? You know what I mean? <laughs> but it was my, my intention was to, you know, to look for it, you know what yeah. I mean? But I didn't see it easily. So yeah. I realized that, uh, yeah, slow my roll, and uh, you know, we could just have a conversation about what what has shown up. 
Yeah, for, for sure. And then, you know, I, I mean, I think I mentioned like a couple of shows where you do see um, a little bit of, you know, like a better representation of healthy relationships with people mm -hmm. of color. Um, mm -hmm. But that also isn't like, for example, I know we're talking about Kaminsky method today, but I brought up the shy, which I right. know you haven't seen. Um, but, you know, they have some pretty good example of uh, examples but it's not even super light now that I think about it right like mm -hmm. it's great that they're healthy and they're communicating in those shows um but first of all it's not super light and hilarious like the Kaminsky method right and also it's not the main um you know premise of the show right, right? like in the Kaminsky method it's all about these guys just loving life still you know and their relationships really right. it's like that's the main thing um and then kind of like their careers take a back seat it's like this little side conversation mm -hmm. um so yeah if if you're listening and you know of a show like this that features people like of color please reach out to me so we can discuss it on a future episode um but yeah i i i totally hear you and i'm glad that you didn't do the research i think it's important to talk about you know that you even felt like that. Yeah, yeah, and it was, and it's, I would, you know, one of the other things I wanted to say to you is I got in touch with, as a woman of color, as a black woman, you know, how early in my career working for an advertising agency found myself wanting to assimilate because I worked for um, predominantly white men um, mm -hmm. and, you know, really, looked, had hoped that there would be opportunities for advancement. I was hired as a, a secretary, had a degree and was working in this advertising agency, hoping to move up in the ranks. And I remember feeling I had to look a particular way, you know, dress a particular way, act a particular way. So this whole concept of, of fitting in or mm -hmm. uh, assimilating is, is really common to many people of color. And then I found myself do, uh, doing that when I chose the Kaminsky you know, methods like I had to really fit into that, you know, uh, uh, the, the framework, you know, that show, mm -hmm. you know, um, identify with the characters and then realize that I'm doing it again. <laughs> you know, so this thing is, it's so insidious, this idea of how do you, how do, how do black folks, you know, thrive and um, succeed and thrive in, in our world. And oftentimes if we're, if, you know, we are positioned to assimilate and I didn't want to do that this time and yeah. I and I really caught myself and it was it was kind of shocking because it's it's almost automatic you know yeah. so that I thought that was an important point to also you know raise yeah absolutely and I'm curious Val um does this sort of uh you know sort of survival mechanism if if I can call it that of you know, trying to assimilate or unconsciously assimilating. Um, does that show up in your relationship with your partner at all? Um, no. Well, that's that's actually one of the things I've I've really been working on. It's interesting this concept of of fulfilling a role. You know, so in my relation, in my I was married for twenty some odd years, and um, I was not really. I, I was not as committed. I was not all in in my marriage. And matter of fact, realized that I didn't get the memo on what it meant to be interdependent. 
And so things, for instance, like the traditional role for a wife, whatever that is, um, I rejected it. Um, but I rejected it to the extent that I, I wasn't as giving, I wasn't as nurturing, I wasn't as thoughtful as I think I could be. So I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily attaching, uh, you know, this, the whole conversation about quote unquote gender roles, but I think in my relationship with my, my partner, I'm taking, a, I'm taking a closer look at how I can be generous and giving. I don't think that that's limited to being a, 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 a wife or a girlfriend, but I, I think I'm, I'm appreciating his nurturing in the relationship, which is typically not assigned to people who identify as male. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. but um, I think I, I'm really conscious of how I show up in the world. And I think that that's why I pulled myself back a bit from the Kaminsky method because I, I, got, I got to see I wasn't really showing up um, inside of like who I am in my relationship, comparing myself to two white males. Mm -hmm. Although there were many things I could identify with. I'm not sure if I answered your question, by the way, but. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, in a way, right? Because mm -hmm. if, if you're assimilating, you know, either into this, you know, white culture, or if you're assimilating into this kind of structure of, um, you know, what you've been taught a wife is supposed to be, or, you know, like either either assimilating or resisting that, that's still not you being fully present or you being fully expressed as who you are, right? Yes. So I could hear you were saying like, yeah, before in my marriage, in my when I was with, you know, my first uh, partner the, for 20 years, I was resisting that. So yeah. I had a picture of what I was quote unquote supposed to be, right? And then I was like, nope, not doing that. <laughs> And um, it sounds like with your current partner, he is not uh, showing up as that picture of what you think you, or what maybe you've been taught he was supposed to be, right? So he's surprising you um, and showing up as, as his authentic self, not as like this quote unquote role that you should expect, right? right? So, right. so then it has you kind of look at yourself and be like, okay, am I playing a role or am I being me? Am I playing a role or am I interested in contributing to my partner? Like, is it about supposed to, or is it about uh, what I care about? Yeah, 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 I, thanks. <laughs> thanks for that, yeah. Because I really yeah. do see myself as showing up as my authentic self. And that's who I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I wonder um, what were the, so you mentioned a couple of times, you mentioned the humor and the aging, but mm -hmm. were there other more specific, you know, pieces that um, that you did identify with in the show? Um, well, I'm, I also mentioned, <clears throat> I also mentioned, the, the characters, the main characters, um, really being vibrant mm. and um, interesting and dynamic, and I identified with that. They were still living; uh, they were still living their their lives fully, and I and I really appreciated that. Still living their dreams, mm -hmm. and um, that that really did draw me to the show as well. Because unfortunately. You know, our society sometimes has it that when you reach a particular age, 
you are um, not as um, you're sort of in the background, mm -hmm. you know, um, and it's time to sort of, you know, get in your rocking chair and <laughs> and uh, sip lemonade or something. I don't know. But you're not, but that you're not really active. You're not really interested in being in a romantic relationship. I don't know. We kind of minimize people as they age. So the idea that these characters were very alive and vibrant and interesting, I really appreciated that. Yeah, you know, I, I love that you said that because I, I wanted to ask you, um, given that this is the overarching narrative in society, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you are in a vibrant relationship, you are ha still living a very vibrant life. Um, do you find that people are surprised by that or react to you differently? Like, are you surrounded by other people in your age group living that same way? Or do you find that you are kind of an outlier in that way? I think that um, there are people, a lot of people in my age group are still, you know, out there um, dreaming big, wanting more for their lives. Um, I definitely know that I inspire people by the life that I live which I, which I, which I'm happy about. And I'm, I'm happy to say that a lot of folks in my age range, you know, we still have the kid on us. We still have the, the, the dream, the desire to, to live a, live a full life, to have fun and adventure. Um, and, and so I think, yeah, so I'm, I'm blessed that to, to, to have that kind of um, circle of, of a network of people mm -hmm. in my life who really do mirror of that those 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 ideals around living a joy driven life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let me tell you, I'm very grateful to have you in my life. <laughs> um, you know, to have and other people like you in your age group, just to see like that's possible, right? Like, I am now, you know, in my early thirties, approaching mid thirties, and I'm like, I, I have no intention of, you know like you said, getting in a rocker in my 60s, like no right. way. <laughs> and, I, and we have conversations and we connect immediately all the time. And I think it's so important to keep that youthfulness, you know, and Michelle, I got to interrupt you because I want to say something here before I forget. You know, I want to acknowledge you, right? Because it was your coaching, you know, <laughs> I <laughs> that led me to the current relationship that I'm in, you know, yeah, it's true. Um, so, and, I, and that's exciting, you know? So uh, again, you know, thank you for opening up that new chapter in my life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so for anyone listening, Valerie is not only a close friend and colleague of mine, but she's also a past client. And, um, you know, I think the magic in our coaching when I was working with you is that vibrant child that is still very much alive in you. And I was just listening for that, that child to be able to have, find a playmate, right? And it really is what you share when you talk about your relationship is that you both just laugh all the time. You're silly together. Yeah. And I think it's so important. And I think it's so important for people to know that it's completely possible at any age, right? Um, it just takes a little, you know, shaking some stuff up. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And I didn't even know, I think I told you, Michelle, I didn't even know that that was something <clears throat> that was important to me to, to fulfill that child in, within 
Um, and then I met somebody who had that same desire to still keep the child within alive and well and active. And, and that's, I think, what really helps our relationship um, grow and thrive. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of what's coming up for me right now in the Kaminsky method is um, uh, Michael Douglas, his relationship with his ex-wife when she comes back into the picture, Mm -hmm. you know, they've kind of, they've hashed out all of their pains and, you know, they've had their space and their years apart. And now they kind of do feel like kids together, right? Like they're, there's something light about their relationship. Yeah, well, you know, and you know what's great? So they have that history, right? They, they, mm-hmm. they, they've known each other for so many years, even though they're, they're divorced, they share a child. And you can really see the love that still exists between them. At the end, he's there for her um, mm-hmm. during her last years. And it was, it, was a, it was really sweet to see how you can just go through, you know, so much with an individual. I mean, they were, they were, it was clear there were times where they didn't necessarily like each other. Mm-hmm. but yeah. it was beautiful it was beautiful to see how he showed up for her you know at the end yeah and even when they were I can't remember what the context was but they like took a walk together on the sidewalk or something like that and I just I recall like they're like buddies now right they're like old buddies um and you know I wonder because I know that you've done some work you know not only in that you're, you're working with elder care, but you're also, you've done some work around grief, right? And loss. Um, so I wonder how you think the show did in terms of, right? Cause Michael Douglas lost Alan Arkin and then, you know, his ex-wife is, is ill. And how do you think they did with, you know, grief in intimate relationships on the show? Yeah, I think I think they did a I think they did a pretty good job. I mean, they really showed um, Michael Douglas's vulnerability, um, and I mean that that this last season really was a turn because it was a lot more somber mm-hmm. than the first two seasons. It was a big shift, so I think they really gave um, a platform for you know. Michael Michael Douglas's character to show his humanity and to show his, his a level of depth I think that may not have showed up in earlier um, uh, seasons um, sorry uh, uh, episodes um, so I, yeah I think they I think they did a, a really good job and again the relationship with his wife that was really kind of tumultuous um, his ex-wife but at the end really showed his love for her. And um, yeah, and his and they and they definitely focused on his grieving his his dear friend. Um, I, I remember this one of the scenes in the restaurant where they both shared. They used to go to lunch and have a drink, mm-hmm. and the elder waiter uh, <laughs> shuffling by, and how you know he shared. He still bought a drink, and even though Alan Alda wasn't there, Arkin wasn't there, you know, still recognized his presence. Um, and uh, that was a depiction, I think, of his grieving process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really, really sweet. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, as someone who works with the 50 plus, um, you know, demographic and 
you know, now being in a new vibrant relationship is, you know, and now you're working in elder care too. I'm curious, are these conversations that you have in your relationship, like about, you know, what that will look like for either your families or um, yourselves down the road or like, is this something that you talk about with your partner? Yeah, well, interestingly enough, um, we definitely talk about, you know, our futures, our future in terms of where do we want to live? How do we want to live? And it, thank you for sharing that because we haven't, I think part of the intimacy too, Michelle, and you know, that's an issue that I'm still working on in my relationship with my partner is, you know, is this it, you know, is, you know, is this my my, my, am I committed? Is this my, you know, person that I'll be with for the rest of my life? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't necessarily think now that we're talking, I don't think that I, he has to be necessary. I have to know that to have the conversation. Mm -hmm. So we haven't had conversations around like, um, you know, we've had conversations around quote unquote retirement. I know what he wants to do. I say quote unquote, cause I think we're both going to work as long as we can. But we have talked about slowing down the pace, you know, of, of our work and doing a lot of traveling. So that's certainly been a conversation. Mm -hmm. But when you start talking about like end of life stuff, mm -hmm. which is what comes up, you know, we haven't had the conversation around like your 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 last wishes. We mm -hmm. um I don't think we've had not had the conversation around like, do you have a will? <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for saying that because I think. It's a great conversation to have. And I have it in my mind sometimes that that's a conversation that I would have with him if I knew for sure that he was it, which is still mm -hmm. my question mark. But I think mm -hmm. it's, it's a healthy conversation to have regardless because he's going to be 56 and I'm 60. So yeah. why not have the conversation? So thank yeah. you for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. It reminds me a little bit of um, when I was single and dating and um, you know, I was having the first conversation with my wife, uh, mm -hmm. for any, for anyone listening that doesn't know our first phone conversation was five hours. Right. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And so we just did a whole lot of sharing about ourselves and our goals. And like you said, like, you know, you and your partner have talked about retirement or slowing down and what mm -hmm. you, what you want for your future and traveling. So it was kind of like that, right. It's like, we shared about, okay, do you want to be married? Do you want to have children? How many children would you want to have? Like that, right? Not necessarily like, okay, I met, I met you on a dating app. This is our first phone call. I'm proposing to you and I want you to be the mother of my children. But <laughs> um, it was more about just sharing and getting to know like, who are you and what do you want? And are we aligned if we decide to continue this, even if we decide to go past a phone call to a first date, if we decide to go past a first date to, you know, a fifth date, if, right. And it's like, mm -hmm. so I get to know who I'm dealing with, you know, like some things you don't know, right. Like, for example, maybe someone talking when they first meet won't know, you know, if they want to have kids yet, maybe they're not sure. You could just say that. <laughs> maybe right. you and your partner, if you're talking, might not know your last wishes, but like, oh, let's just say that. Let's say like, just so you know, I don't know what my last wishes are. 
<laughs> right? And yeah. if we happen to be together, this is where I'm at right now. Right. I think it's I think it's really important, Michelle, and it, it also kind of draws my attention to how our conversations shift as we age. Mm -hmm. Not that you can. I think you can still have a conversation about your last wishes at your at you know when you're in your early thirties because you know God only knows you know tomorrow's not promised. You know, I just think it's a healthy conversation to have at any age, actually. Um, and frankly, one of the reasons that I'm really interested in the elder care space is to is to really um, open up those conversations around our mortality early, earlier, mm -hmm. um, so that it sort of um, dispels this this stigma yeah. um, around death and mortality. It's like, and so it's a natural. These are natural conversations to have at any age. But I'm glad you're bringing it up because it is it's, that would be one of my next conversations. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yeah. And so it's, it, it's true, though, you're what you're saying about um, the types of conversations we have, right? So on our first phone call there, we did not talk about our, our last wishes or retirement, right? But now that we're married, mm -hmm. we, I think we kind of have mentioned to each other last wishes. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of in inside the context, like you said, of tomorrow's not promised. So if there was like a freak accident or illness right. that was unexpected, but why not talk about, every, you know, everything, all the steps yeah. along the way. Yeah. And it's yeah. so, it, it's reminding me of the show, um, how uh, Norman left Sandy with his money, oh, almost boy. like as a punishment. Yes. <laughs> was hysterical you know yeah yeah and the behavior of his children um around their inheritance you know yeah and, and, the, and the huge responsibility that is to be the executor mm -hmm. of somebody's will and to manage you know that's a whole nother you know uh, a responsibility that shows up for folks and in and in, in um sandy's case quite unexpected that mm -hmm. he would be in that position, but you know, you just never know what you're going to be called on to do. Exactly, and you know, it's you know, if you are married, right, on paper, um, then automatically you become the executor, right? Is that correct? I believe yes, 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 yes. Mm -hmm. And you're the next of kin. Right. And mm -hmm. then if you are married, but not on paper, then you don't. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just, I think that's, I'm, I'm glad that we're talking about this because I think mm -hmm. it's so important for people to think about like. Yeah. And you know, Michelle, I want to add that although the conversation, it's not an easy conversation and some might even think it's morbid, trust and believe that what happens later is that you're not as stressed out it's it's mm. like it's like you're being proactive talking about the things that you may not want to talk about but at least you're getting it out of the way so when it when when the time comes you're not stressing pulling your hair out talking about oh my god i didn't know what their last wishes are oh my god you know um i'm not ready to take care i'm so emotionally you know um you just i'm so in my emotions about it that i, don't, I can't even think straight about how to make these funeral arrangements. I mean, 
it's it's it saves you later. So although it's it might be a little stressful now, it just saves you later um, when the time comes that you're not dealing with all of those details. And um, yeah, I just wanted to put that. Yeah, in. I love that you're saying that because then you get to actually, you know, if it's your partner or whoever it is that's you're close to, you get to actually be with them. Right? Yes. Like all yeah. of the details, the logistics, all of the you know, monotony, I'll say of it is mm-hmm. dealt with. And then you get to be present. You get to exactly. actually savor those last moments. Together, exactly. Right? exactly. Yeah, absolutely. That's really beautiful. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad you're here. And I really hope you got something valuable out of this episode. If you did enjoy it, please go ahead and leave a review or rating wherever you get your podcasts. That way more people can see it. And don't forget to subscribe so you know when the next episode comes out. If you want more content about love and dating, or you want to find out all the different ways you can work with me right now, go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Michelle Zylar. And I'm also on TikTok and all of those other things, but... Instagram is really where I hang out. So feel free to stop over and say hi, or if not, I'll see you in the next episode.